Welcome back to Process. Last week, I joined Tim Stringer on Learn OmniFocus Live to walk through my OmniFocus setup and workflow. It was a fun time to join a Zoom call with members of his course to discuss OmniFocus, productivity principles, and how reviews help me integrate my system and keep all the things together. This video is now live, so I'll have a link in the show notes if you'd like to go take a look. Additionally, I can't recommend Tim's course enough, Learn OmniFocus, if you're an OmniFocus user who is wanting to level up or if you've gotten off track with things a little bit and need some assistance getting back going. That's learnomnifocus.com. I'll have a link in the show notes there too. That's an affiliate link. And if you want to sign up, it will support process and effective remote work. In other news, there's something new that we've made for you. And that's a brand new guide called The Ultimate Guide to an Effective Weekly Review. If you've ever struggled with performing a weekly review or wondered what terms like process your inbox or review these projects even mean, check out this guide. I wrote this guide to try to help you understand and get a better grasp on what an effective weekly review can look like. So it comes from a lot of the practices and habits and ideas that I've picked up over the years about what weekly reviews are, and I've tried to condense them down into a nice, easy to read and use guide. This guide is completely free. You can head on over to weeklyreviewchecklist.net to sign up and get it today. All right, we've talked about Linux a lot over the last few months. And this has honestly felt a little bit odd because I'm such a Mac nerd. I've had an Apple device for the last 12 years, almost exclusively, except for when I've had to use Windows for work. Linux has always been an interest for me, however. I remember installing early versions of Ubuntu on my PC back in college, but it never quite stuck. I've come to realize that things aren't Things that I use that aren't my primary thing don't stick with me. I need to commit to something for a good few months so I can acclimate to the mindsets of the software. I did this in the past with Todoist. I ended up moving out of OmniFocus and into Todoist because my primary work environment was a Windows PC and OmniFocus was not really working very well for me there. Of course, you can use OmniFocus on an iPad or an iPhone, but that extra bit of friction between having to use a different device versus having it directly on the machine that I'm working on was enough for me to want to switch to something else. I used Todoist grand total for about six or eight months. And in that time period, I had to give myself plenty of time to unlearn my habits and expectations from OmniFocus to understand the expectations and habits that I needed for Todoist. Software is opinionated, do you like it or not? The developers of the softwares have different ideas of how things should work or feel. Todoist and OmniFocus at the core are very similar tools. They're outlines that are tasks that allow you to schedule and check things off, heavily influenced by the getting things done methodology, but their implementations vary drastically in a lot of different ways. It's very much the same with different operating systems. Mac OS and Linux are very similar pieces of software when it comes to operating systems. You have command line interfaces that are very similar. You have graphical user interfaces that are di very different, but the ideas are the same. Where the differences are is in the little details, the little implementations. Like for example, one on Linux, font rendering is not the highest priority. You have to do some you know, jumping through hoops to get crisp and clear fonts in an Ubuntu Linux installation, not always out of the box. MacOS, completely different story. Apple values this, and so as a result, it's in their software. 
So in, in this journey of Linux, you know, I mentioned previously that I started off trying to use a virtual machine that I was remoting into and just using a command line interface. But again, that really wasn't, there was some friction with that and it was causing some issues for me. Since then, I've debated getting dedicated hardware to learn Linux, but that really wasn't working out either. It just doesn't make sense now. Instead, I've been having issues with my MacBook Pro where I had to do a basic nuke and pave on it or completely rebuild from the bottom up. So I went and did that. And instead of installing all of my usual applications, I installed VMware Fusion, which is a virtualization software and a copy of Pop! OS, which is a pretty popular Linux distribution. I've been running this exclusively for the last couple of days, and it's been an interesting experiment. My development workflows feel very familiar. Vim, Git, and other CLI tools work relatively the same. Accessing websites, relatively the same. Using chat for work, relatively the same. But the user experience is wholly and entirely different. I don't have OmniFocus native there. I have no idea what to choose for email clients. I miss Alfred and Keyboard Maestro and text expansion that I've had set up. The way I'm used to working is wholly and entirely different in Linux. Not that it's necessarily bad. It's just that if I'm going to stick with it long term, I need to take some time to adjust to it. I need to list out all of the things that I'm missing or that I'm looking for inside of Linux from my Mac OS use and try to find alternatives for them. It's been a bit rough of an experiment to start off with just because it's so vastly different, but I plan to continue doing this for at least a little while and I'll post more updates and I'll share more updates of this in future episodes. Have you heard of Rome Research? I'd be surprised if you haven't, if you follow productivity apps at all. Rome is a sort of note-taking tool, but it's different than other ones. Many of us are familiar with note-taking tools like Evernote or Notion. And these tools tend to force you to categorize your thoughts. Take Bear for an example. You can put a note in Bear and it ends up in a sort of chronological list, but you have tags and you've got to decide what tags that note belongs to. Evernote and Notion are very similar. You have to decide, is this note coding related or business related? Is it podcast related or marketing related? And the deeper that you go down, the more complicated some of these decisions can be to make. And if you're like me, Many of times, these applications become a sort of digital junk drawer where all this knowledge and information that I've wanted to capture goes to never be seen again. I have over 5,000 notes in Evernote still, and I don't even subscribe to the service. But there's a bunch of stuff in there that I just haven't even been able to take the time to sift through because it's clippings of articles and it's thoughts or random ideas that I've had. And I put them in notebooks and I tried to tag them, but there really isn't an easy way to discover those things. Mindsets and methodologies have been developed to try to combat that difficulty, like Tiago Forte's Building a Second Brain, by recommending that you peruse your notes and link things together to, and flesh them out. But the trouble is that with these linear note-taking apps, it's often difficult to stumble upon information. I know Tiago Forte even has an application for Evernote where if you click on it, it'll just pop open a random Evernote note. So you can try to expand upon your thoughts on that further or just try to link it into your system a little bit better and retain that knowledge. But let's think about something different for just a moment here. Have you ever spent any time on Wikipedia? And have you ever found yourself clicking through Wikipedia links for more than 10 minutes? If you've done that, which I'm sure you probably have, I know I have, 
pretty soon you're going to find yourself in an entirely different topic area looking at entirely new information. You can click into any topic in Wikipedia. And if you're just clicking through the links, you'll find something completely different that is related in some crazy way. Now, when we're talking about Rome research, that's the potential of what Rome could be for you. Rome is not a note-taking tool. It's essentially a personal knowledge management application. What's the difference? Well, a note-taking tool is primarily focused on capturing information, then storing it. Sometimes you have extra metadata, sometimes you don't. Sometimes you can put things in folders or you can tag items. Sometimes it's just a chronological list. Sometimes it's just folders. Sometimes you have markdown. Sometimes you have attachments, whatnot. A personal knowledge management system adds another layer, a way to make sense of all that information. So a note-taking tool is really good at capturing information and has some generally light organization features. Some of them can be really powerful and deep, but oftentimes it's primarily search, folders, and tags that you have available to you in a traditional note-taking tool. A personal knowledge management app adds extra features even on top of that that help you interlink notes and help you navigate the knowledge that's in your system so that you can make sense of it and find it if you're doing research or you're just wanting to capture stuff and remember it sometime later. Rome is essentially an outliner. You write in bullets, but where it shines is twofold. The daily entries and bi-directional linking. Daily entries are just that, pages where you can enter your thoughts and information you encounter on a given day. It's very much like a journal, but I find it's more for information than noting down experiences. You can definitely take notes as a journal inside of Rome Research, but I personally advocate for using something else, like paper or maybe a chronological text file for that. In the daily entry, you can link any set of words with a double square bracket. This is true across any note, any page inside of Rome Research as well. These double square brackets around words creates a page or links to an existing one with the name of those words that's in there. The cool thing is that these links are bi-directional. The page linked to shows a link back to the page where it's linked from. And these links also auto-update when you change the name of the page. What I find is that the combination of the daily entries and bi-directional linking enables thoughtless capture of information while still keeping it in context of the broader picture of what's in your tool. My friend Drew Kaufman has an article on his blog about how he's using Rome Research, and this is what really has inspired me to take a look at the software. Drew and I had a conversation on Twitter a few days ago, and it really made me take a second look at Rome. Previously, I had looked at Rome, I think in December of last year, and kind of wrote it off. It's like, okay, this is kind of cool. There's some neat stuff here. It's basically Emacs org mode on a website. Cool. If it's more user-friendly, then Emacs org mode is out of the box, then hey, that's a huge, huge win. Plus, if it's available cross-platform without having to install anything or set anything up, maintain anything, even better. Now, I've only begun playing with Rome Research recently, but I think there's a lot of promise in a tool like this for managing your personal knowledge store. So, if you've struggled with managing your notes, trying to keep them in context, I definitely recommend checking Rome out. Well, that wraps things up for this week. Again, you can find our ultimate guide to an effective weekly review at weeklyreviewchecklist.net, and you can find more articles and podcasts like this one at effectiveremotework.com. We'll chat next time.